Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. That's when a man, Patrick the Idillionaire, plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Uh, but even if you had a tough weekend, I got something to cheer you up. Harsh Knock Life coming up next, my man. Mike Harge, always working hard for the people. That's got right. a very special guest coming up for us in Harge Knock Life. What you got for the people? Uh, hitting coach for the Angels organization, Marcus Timms, is going to be on the show with us. Former roommate, former teammate of mine in the Yankees organization. And this, young, this man is working with Mike Trout and Shohei Atani every single day. Mm. And I can't wait to talk to him about it. We've heard Gene Watson talk about how uh, freakish – Shohei is. Now we get to actually talk to somebody that works with him every single day, that gets to see him every single day. It's going to be fun. That is going to be a treat, man. Yeah. That, that's if you're, so if you're a fan of health, not just baseball, of sports, period. You want to yeah. hear that conversation. That's going to be good stuff coming up in about – we'll get out early, so we'll make sure that's coming up for you in about 20 minutes from now. Okay, let's talk about Wimby, gentlemen. Uh, Wimby did make his debut mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend, played in two summer league games. They've already shut him down. That's the latest news. They've already shut down uh, Victor Wimbanyama, so he won't be playing in any more summer league games. But I don't think we need to see any more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have a uh, – I don't even know if it was underwhelming. He just had a performance that wasn't eye-popping uh, in the first game versus Charlotte. Nine points, eight rebounds. I thought the five blocks, though, was yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of his defensive plays, you don't even think he's going to get there. Yep. And then the the length, just the go go gadget ability of, yep. of of his reach, it is amazing. Oh my gosh! Five block three, and I love man his touch. He's got he's got some nice. You can tell that he really does as a passer. He's got some nice hands. Too, oh, he as a does. Passer. And Real ball soft. handler. And, and as a ball and, handler, and great vision for yeah. a guy. That you I mean, know, he can see over everybody. He can <laughs> see over, but he has to look down on everybody. Yeah, yeah, but, no that's a good point. But no, but it's <laughs> a great vision to see where guys are cutting, and he's hitting guys that are cutting. Not just guys that are stationary, which is yes the next level Agreed. of passing, which you want that out of a guard, but you don't always have that with centers. The, uh, yep. He yep. did struggle from the field in the first game. He was 2 of 13 from the field and 1 of 6 from three-point range in those 27 minutes. But he did bounce back, gentlemen, in the uh, loss to Portland in that second matchup He uh, of Summer League. He had 27 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. Uh, one steal, he went, uh, man, he was 9 of 14, 2 of 4 from three-point range, 50% from three-point range, uh, and he had 12 free throws, mm-hmm. I believe, as well. Took a lot of free throws. He, I mean, he was magnificent in that second matchup. Uh, Patrick, I'll throw it to you because you are a resident Spurs fan. Uh, what did you think of Wimby's debut overall? Yeah, yeah I mean, I thought, so... Game one, you saw a lot of the things that you kind of want to see of the innate ability defensively. He is. He's a national. And, you know, they put him out guarding Brandon Miller, which was a big test to see, all right, can he start guarding threes? Because if he can guard threes, it changes what you can do in your lineup because now he can switch to three to fours and maybe he can guard, you know, three positions. That makes it easier to put, you know, different lineups out on the court. So I think they were trying to see with that, playing against Brandon Miller, he blocks that three from the – blocks the three-pointer – He's able to take it going two. the other way. He had two. He had two, yeah. And two, yeah, yeah. He said two and block three points. So there, is, there was a lot that you could see in that first game where you were like, okay, I can see it. The offense will come. He's not going to be that bad of a shooter because he was two for 13, which is the main thing that everybody was focusing on uh, that wanted to be negative about it was, yeah, he shot very poorly in the game. Uh, you could tell he he didn't have a feel for it in some moments. Like he wasn't going for the rebounds always. 
He it looked like he was a little bit more nervous on game one. Mm-hmm. Game two, he seemed much more calm, and especially once shots started falling, it seemed like everything started to click a little bit more. And by the end of the game, he just looked like, oh no, I'm playing basketball again, as opposed to all up to that point where he had looked like every, every eye is on me and everything I do wrong. They're all they're all telling me I'm a fit. Like you just saw that. Yeah, he relaxed. That relaxed, and so yeah. yeah, when he relaxed, it, it looked much better. But it's summer league, and he, like if you watch summer league basketball, you're going to see a lot of guys miss a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. So you have to look at other parts of the game and and trying to judge what guys can do. What we saw from him is that defense is going to be really, really good starting year one, and then it's going to have to go. And I don't think he was picking up a lot of fouls either. And you get ten fouls in summer league, so some guys go for the gold and get eight or nine in a game because he's so they can. long he doesn't have to. Yeah. He can go but, around you. <laughs> but that's, you know, to not stick a leg out when a guy's driving. Because yeah, for him, he right. can stick a leg out well, and that's so an easy foul. He's more coordinated than a big man usually is. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot you could see that, that gives you a lot of hope that, you know, this year is going to be one of those years of, I don't think it's going to be consistent where you get, I think you're going to have both games this year. Yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. have game one and game two and you want to have more game twos than you had game ones. But I think you're going to see where it's going to be. Offense will be inconsistent in year one, probably. Uh, but the defensive side of the ball, he's going to make a huge difference for the Spurs team that was not great defensively last year. Yeah, G- generational. I think he can be a generational defender. Yeah, like he really. I mean, at, at length. Sometimes. No, I, I think it's that basically David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, and Dikembe Mutombo to a different extent were the guys who could get triple doubles. And I think and David and Akeem were guys that get quadruple doubles with blocks. Yeah. And so when you put him in that, I think he'd be in that category of a guy who will get a few quadruple doubles in his career just because he may have a game where people keep coming at him and he gets 10 blocks. We see he can pass. He can get 10 assists. We know he can get 10 rebounds and 10 mm-hmm. points. So he is a threat for that in his career multiple times. I think well, it's uh, yeah, so good. Yeah, I, I look at him too, and, and my, my favorite part about him – was after that first game when everybody was coming after him, he was like, I still have a lot to learn. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing out there. And I think the unfair criticism is watching someone play in one uh, preseason summer league game where, Patrick, you and I have talked about this before, it's really hard to watch summer league basketball. I, I talked to Zay about it because everybody's trying to make a name for themselves too. Yeah. Everybody's trying mm-hmm. to show that they can get to the bucket when they want to. They're trying to show that they're making the right basketball play. But every once in a while, guys are still trying to figure things out. Some guys are used to playing a certain way, and then he gets in here, and then all of a sudden he goes out there and gets 27, and people are like, oh, yeah, man, he got it. He got it. Yeah, I mean, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, He's been on the yeah. road the whole time. Well, that's a great point, too. And Patrick pulled some audio. He does say this, too, in the post game, yeah. um, basically remarking that he hasn't played much basketball. Right. The last month or so, really. The mug was trying to go get breakfast tacos yeah. in San Antonio <laughs> just a couple weeks ago. Well, man. Yeah, he's been, been jet setting yeah. all over the world, pretty much. Right. Um, here is, uh, we have this, uh, here's Wimby in the post game just talking about how he can't wait to just get back to being a basketball player. Yeah. He's. All this over that that that's what you could concentrate on. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, like in the past month, uh, I don't, I think basketball wasn't even fifty percent on my schedule. That was you know I, I can't stand it. I know it's a it's, it's a special moment in my life, but it's I'm glad it's over. Honestly, it's I just want to hoop. I just want to work out, lift, and because uh, this is my life, 
obviously everyone, I mean, every first pick gotta go through this. But uh, yeah, it just, just make me, makes me better for the future. So celebrity basically has taken up more of his time than basketball in the last month. Yep. And Britney Spears. <laughs> we, we saw they tweeted out that he skipped a bunch of parties in Vegas yeah. to get sleep. And it's like, that's he is a guy. He's like, man, I want to hoop and sleep. And like, that's that's kind of all I want to do right now. I'm not trying to do anything else to take up my time. But you could tell he seems like he's the, the interviews and stuff. He at the beginning, he was kind of enjoying a little bit of it. A yeah. little bit it of was, it. It'd it be surreal. like, oh, people are yeah. people are talking to me and everybody yeah. wants to hear what I got to say. And then you're like, all right, now I've been asked the same question for the 50th time. <laughs> I've done this and I just want to set like yeah. I just want to get to where I'm going. And not have a flight on my schedule to go talk instead of play basketball. He's like, a workout? Oh, I'd love a workout. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pop, yell me, pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he also, uh, this other piece of audio that we have talked about, that he talked about the difference. Um, and obviously he hadn't played you know, a true NBA game just yet. It's just a summer league. But talk about the difference between uh, so far what he's experienced in the summer league and what he's known as being a player playing in France. Here is Wimby. You know, it's... First of all, the court is more open. Uh, it's going fast, but it's it's less physical, and uh, and I get fouled a lot, but not as much. <laughs> Nothing to compare. And uh, yes, and people are like people are here. People, are, players are just flying. You know, out there is more underground, pushing underground, big box outs. Here, it's great athletes, the best in the world. More, way more talent. And uh, yeah, but uh, I like this better though. All right, nice. I like this better. Though. <laughs> uh, but no, I yeah, I love how honest he is though. Yeah, He's pretty forth. He hadn't learned how to kind of beat around the bush yet with stuff. He, he gives it to you exactly. Learn player speak. He really has it, right? He's like, he's like, yeah. uh, it's not as what he basically said. It's not as he didn't get fouled as much. Um, but you know, so right. I, I think he can absorb the physicality a lot better. I know. I thought he absorbed the the physicality better than I uh, I thought, and basically better than I anticipated. Let's let's be honest. Because I thought he was so skinny and wiry that sometimes the contact would throw him off. It didn't throw him off that much. And not only that, this would be the only time that it would be this out of control. Basketball is a controlled game. They're not just going to let you. The NBA don't let you get beat up anymore. Especially stars. Right. And yeah. they need you to be there. This will be the only time that he'll be playing against people that are hungry. These guys are trying to get to the league. They're trying to make rosters. He's on a roster. He's going to be okay. When he gets into the NBA, these guys are veterans. They're going to try to do some different things to him. going to try to push him around. But for the most part, it ain't like it was back in the day when people mm. were really trying to hurt you. Yeah, he he fits the, this mm. this era's basketball. He fits in perfectly. No gain weight. I mean, yeah. he's, he's still yeah. a baby giraffe oh, right man. now. Yeah, he's only nineteen years old. Yeah, he will put on some weight. Yeah, it's he's gonna get that old man weight anyway. You know, there <laughs> will be. There's gonna be teams and coaches who throw stuff at him to be more physical <laughs> with him, and it's gonna depend on how the game is called and those if they get a, if they can do that or if the if the refs let him play or if they don't. Right. That'll be part of it. But he's also going to play what it looked like. He was playing a lot more away from the basket where you can't be as physical because right. you can't play with your hand out. You can't hand check guys. And so it's not till he gets in the post where you can really start to put a, a beating on him. And on the defensive end, if he's guarding a three, he's not going to take the abuse because no six six guy is going to post up on him. 
Right. You know what? Because all he has to do no is shot. shake his hands up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You're, you're dead. You got your so, Go ahead and pump. A, that's the thing that always kills me. I'm like, why are you falling for a pump fake? You should never fall for a pump fake. Hey, Sergio Bar- always. Sergio Bar- Rice would beg to disagree. Sergio <laughs> Bar- Rice is like, what pump fake got me to the yeah. league, man? Yeah, but, but I'm right. talking about for him, seven no. foot five. You're right. Can't he nobody never, no, get over right. you. Yeah, he should never fall yeah. for it. You got to throw. A, you got to have a rainbow shot to get exactly. over. Exactly. If you're trying to post him up or something, I can. Man, that I will say this too about uh, Wimby that I really, really did like though, because to Patrick's point, um, man, he is more comfortable. Uh, on the perimeter than than I thought. Like he, yeah, and he he didn't mind. He's nice with it, man. He is. He's yeah, nice he's with gonna it. he's gonna have to figure out some of mm-hmm. how he drives. Is you could tell they were really going for it in game one, and he stepped back in a little bit. But for if you're seven foot three and you're trying to dribble to the post, even dribbling low, there's a lot of area where yeah. someone can jump in and steal the ball, and the defense is just collapsed on him every time. So to know when to pick the ball up and have to make the decision to. You know, take a jump shot, Drop pass the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But when if three guys collapse on you, yeah. someone's wide open. You're right. So th- th- those are things you have to work on. But again, that's one game into his professional career in the in America. I wouldn't go. Well, he's never going to figure that one out because yeah. he was already better at it in game two. Uh, he yeah. did. Yeah. No. I, I, his game two. He he looked. He was he was nice. He really did. I mean, he did showcase the overall skill set, and it is. An expansive one, so I, I'm excited about the the Wimby debut. I'm mm-hmm. sure Spurs fans are too, and they even more excited about this news that Pop has signed up uh, with the Spurs for five more years. It's an eighty million dollar deal, gentlemen. He's going to be the highest paid coach in NBA history. He's seventy four years old, so the contract will have mm-hmm. him with the Spurs till seventy nine, right before his eightieth birthday. What What are your thoughts uh, about getting Pop for five more years, Patrick, for the Spurs? I, I love that it just, you know, you wanted to get a contract done. He is the president of basketball operations as well. So there may be a point where he steps and moves over to the other role and is no longer the head coach. That is also a possibility that could happen somewhere in there. So it is not saying he will necessarily be the head coach for five more years, but he could be the head coach for seven more years. You just know, we know. just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think he is now sees more of a light in the tunnel at the end of the tunnel than he did maybe a couple of years ago when it was – I don't want to leave the franchise in bad hands. But now that Wimbanyama is here, he's like, okay, if I can get the next step going, we can get, and I can be part of that, then we can leave the franchise with a winning team. And then I can step back and let a new coach come in and not have a new coach brought in that we have to cycle through coaches because it's not mm-hmm. even, it's not necessarily the, the team, it's him, but the team's not there. Yeah. No, I, told, I think this fits perfectly in terms of the window with the end of the Warriors run. And then the beginning of the Wimby pop uh, regime, and then Steve Kerr can almost have his vacation and kick it and have those two mm-hmm. years off where he goes to be a broadcaster or whatever, right before he just kind of slides into the head coach role and pop just goes up to the front. Yeah, I, I could definitely see too. <laughs> you think it's they, Kerr? I, I, it just, it's, I know it just feels like, I'm just saying it's the person, the windows are matching up. That's gotcha. what I'm yeah. Right? And, and I, I feel you. like it would be if they win a title in three to four years. <laughs> That could be Pop just goes, okay, we won another title. I can now step back. We have a coach that was part of this title team that we're gonna advance we're gonna hire to be that, or we'll bring That's in true. Steve Curry who's another champ. We'll 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 have a decision by then. But that way I can go away and be like, look, I left the champion. I di- I got us back there again. Right. Now it's in your hands to keep the dynasty going. But mm. I, I feel that if it was if that happens in the next three to four years, I feel that that could be the perfect walk away time and to still be president of basketball operations oh yeah still be involved in the team but take more of the pat rally role yeah but yeah. step back a little bit 
And, man, if Pop wins another one with Wimby, think about this guy. So, <laughs> I mean, where is he going to be in the GOAT discussion? Right. If he wins another one with Wimby, you're talking about being able to recreate and reinvent a, you know, a, a great organization and have these dynastic runs, where would he be? Is that... He's already in on the Mount Rushmore, isn't he? Yeah, they've they've he's he's pretty much on the Mount Rushmore. I thought Rushmore. he was. I, I know. I mean, he's, he's also he's, he's also the all-time winningest coach in NBA. That's what I'm saying. So he's on the Mount yeah. Rushmore yeah, already. So he's already up at the all-time winningest coach. So we're and talking then about him. Some of the guys him. below him, like Lenny Wilkins and Don Nelson, don't have the rings. Mm-hmm. So you say this guy has the championships and the wins. He's he's really far up there. Hey, and talking. if you say three more years at even forty wins a season, oh nobody will that's catch another hundred and twenty wins. Yeah, nobody's gonna catch him so at that point. If you're saying even forty averaging forty wins a season, which is just a five hundred team. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I know. So, and then you have have missed the playoffs how many times? Just like twice? Two, three, two or three yeah. times. Two or three times. I mean, just since like, Tim two or three retired. times. Like, how long has Tim been retired? Yeah, great point. I guess yeah, like three times or whatever it is. That that man, that would be unbelievable. I think he'd be goat. I think he'd yeah. be the goat if he won another one. Yeah, I, especially yeah. because he's going to go into the world where it becomes like him, Phil Jackson, and Red Auerbach. I think would be the three that you kind of put in there. Yep. Phil just didn't have the longevity. Yeah, but yeah, but Phil Phil probably did it in a more flamboyant way than everybody else, just yeah. because of the players that we did it yeah. with the MJ's in L.A. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Know? So I think there's that, and then Red is just another era. And so yeah, history yeah. will tell you the newer guy's better than the older guy because, well, in the old times, anybody could have done it. They were playing with plumbers. And, <laughs> right. and the reality right, was right, they right. had to invent a salary I cap. everybody pre, like, 1960, <laughs> they got to be so. They were all plumbers. They got to be so upset. Exactly. Everybody, like, pre-19, like, even 1970, anybody pre that, they got to be so upset with the way sports is discussed. Yeah, by the way, Bill we Russell. we just dismiss anybody. Like you were, was an insurance you were, salesman yeah, on his You were not a good season. athlete because you played against <laughs> scrubs <laughs> at that time. Basically, Bill Russell was a high jump champion. And yeah. could have been an Olympic gold medalist in high jump, but had to give it up to play basketball. <laughs> but no, no, plumbers, everyone. That's what I'm saying. Like, all of, we do, we do it every sport, though. Every sport, we do every yep. baseball. Yeah. We talk about the Babe Ruth. Everybody, yeah. it's so ridiculous. Anyway, but, Babe but yes. Ruth was playing now, against guys that were real, throwing seventy. Yeah, exactly. the, yeah. the real like, argument <laughs> is that the Celtics had so much talent on their team and could just keep signing and drafting talent to their teams because the way the league was. That they was a really unfair advantage for a while until they created the salary cap yeah. to basically be like, hey guys, you can't just get everyone. Yeah. So that is more the side of Red Auerbach being like, no, no, he just had like all of the players. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we see that in college sports too, where you get all the players that had the scholarship limits and all that. Because I get it, the, the 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 modern era debate, no yeah. question about. It. But pop. Either way, I mean, it may not matter what era you're talking about if he wins another title with Wimby. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, Pop signed a five-year deal. Do we have this audio of Pop, uh, Patrick? Is yes. This is Pop. <laughs> I don't know when this is from. I really don't know. when. I, this is not recent, I don't believe. Uh, well, I don't know Maybe. if you find recent. <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, I just, it wasn't in regards to the new contract he signed. This was just him at one time being asked about. <laughs> yeah. He's being asked about intrinsic motivation, and here is what Pop had to say. You always ask questions like that, like it's a philosophy class. My inner motor, what drives me? My paycheck. That's it. That's as real as it can get. Don't be so invasive philosophically. 
Yeah, he was asking Pop, like, oh, what drives you, man? You're going to yeah. be, you know, you, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He's like, my paycheck, man. I want that straight cash, homie. For sure. And the Spurs, they understand his love language, which is mm-hmm. pay that man. So five years, $80 million. Uh, all right, let's get out early here so we can make sure we got lots of time for our very special guest coming up next. For our Life, what you got for the people? We got Marcus Timms, the batting coach for the uh, Angels organization. Spends his whole day with Shohei Atani and Mike Trout and just want to get into the conversation about baseball and where it's going right now in the Angels organization. Oh, man, this is going to be good stuff. All right, uh, we'll get out early. we got very special guests coming up next. You don't want to miss it. Harsh Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a smooth Monday, smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline is one of my favorite people in the world. Me and him were rocking in Norwich, Connecticut. He was the one that was trying to make sure that I didn't lose my mind half the time, especially late in my career. He was an up-and-coming player. In that year, he put up one of the best minor league seasons. I know it was probably one of the best minor league seasons that he ever had. He is the hitting coach of the L.A. Angels right now. He is my man, Marcus Timms. Marcus Timms, as my boy Horn used to call him. What's up, bro? Not much, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Mm. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, when I told my boy Rod and Patrick that you were going to come on with us and talk a little bit about Shohei and Mike Mike Trout, Rod was like, oh, yeah, it's it's that time. we Because we talk about him like a unicorn every yep. single day. And me being a former baseball yeah. player, being your teammate, you know we played around a lot of talented guys. But when you get yeah. to the big league level and you're working with a guy like mm. this every single day, what 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 is it about him that makes him so special? Just his focus in his work. Um, he he he's very detailed in what he's trying to get done in his cage work. And then, Mike, man, what's so amazing about this guy? He takes about ten balls off the tee, about fifteen soft tosses, and then he go out and play and face major league pitching. He don't even take batting practice. He is just. I just told him one day, I was like, the good Lord just said, here you go. Here's all the talent that you need. Don't mess it up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's back what? this up a little bit. So Hold my on. man doesn't even take what? BP. It's all done in cages and behind the doors. Everything is inside. He, he took BP three times this year, once at home, once in New York, and once in San Diego. That's it. I just think, you know, he probably has some family members there, some some fans that he just wanted to show out in front of. But, other than that, man, he just um, he focused on what the pitcher's trying to do, and um, he just trusts his skill set. And 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 man, I'm telling you, it's it's been fun to watch. It's it's just been really fun to watch. And um, when I first got out here, I went to Arizona in January, right? I mean February, right before the Super Bowl. Most guys want to go to Super Bowl parties, want to go do this, want to go do that. He called me up and he's like, "Hey, Marcus, I want to go to the stadium today and go hit." And I'm like, "Oh crap!" 
this guy's for real. Like, and I had always always heard the stories, but just being around him every single day, man, it's been it's been a treat. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, deep. That is, <laughs> yeah, that was that was man, that's unbelievable. Okay, uh, I got I got a hypothetical for you, Marcus. Hypothetical here. So uh, your life is on the line. All right, one hit saves your life. You get to choose your batter, Mike Trout or Shohei. Dang, you gonna put me on a spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Hey, you you got an easy answer right now because Trout is hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so you that's got an out right there. That's, that's a good one. So right now you're right. That's a good I'll one. Go with, I'll go with Shohei right now. He's talented. <laughs> well done. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I got you an out right there. Yeah, yeah, I got you an yeah. out. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. Always, always. So Marcus, I wanted to ask you that since you brought up and we just had the conversation about Mike Trout. He's another one for a long time. People were looking at him as the face of baseball. We've had conversations here uh, pretty much every baseball season about some people really aren't the face of baseball because of the fact that, number one, y'all are on the West Coast. Number two, Mike really doesn't like that kind of limelight. He kind of stays to himself, and obviously you can speak to that even more than I can. But just watching him every single day, another Shohei Otani. Shohei was the guy that came in, and now he's kind of taken over from where Mike Trout was. But he, Mike Trout is still a box office draw. What makes him so special? You know what? Like right now, I think he's got like an eight seventy-five, almost nine hundred OPS, and like he hasn't really had a really good season so far to his standards because you know he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But this guy works his tail off, man, every single day. Even like he broke his handmade bone the other day, but he's been in the cage just watching other his teammates work. Um, we have our hitters meeting; he's participating in that, trying to help his teammates be better too. So. He's just an all-around athlete, man. And I just remember in 2011, my last year playing, um, he was coming up. It was first big league training, spring training for him. And he hit a ground ball, and he was running down the first baseline. I'm like, holy crap, who in the heck is this guy? So I went out to eat with Torrey Hunter that night, and I said, Torrey, who in the hell is that guy running down the line? He's like, that's the guy that's going to move me from center field to right field. <laughs> that was Mike Trout, and he was a rookie at the time. But, um, dude, like just watching those two guys prepare – on an everyday basis, it's been it's been pretty fun, and I've been around a lot of talented guys. I mean, I I was in the minor leagues and and and, and pro ball with the Yankees in, in the '90s with Strawberry and Chili and those guys. And I was in New York with Judge and Stanton. I played with a Rod. I played with a lot of guys, man. But these two guys here are right up there at the top of the list. Yeah, wow. it seems to be like these guys are a lot different. And we've talked to other players that have, I mean, other people that have been around them, whether it's from the front office scouting department, and they say the same thing. It is amazing to watch these guys go to work every single day and they make it look so easy. But what we don't see is the behind the scenes work that they are putting in. And don't seem like Shohei's doing that much work because he's just taking 15 <laughs> balls off the tee and doing a little <laughs> soft toss, but he puts work when it's time to get to that play. We're talking yeah. to batting instructor, uh, batting coach, excuse me, Marcus Timms, 10-year major league player, and some somebody just hit us up on the text line and said, wasn't he part of the Ruben Sierra trade to the Yankees? And I'm like, yes, yes, he was part of that trade <laughs> that year. And that was after Marcus had an unbelievable year in double-A, and then he gets moved out after he gets to the big leagues with the Yankees. But he's had multiple stints. He's been there as a hitting instructor, I mean a hitting coach for a long time, and then he was also with the Marlins as well. So, Marcus, I wanted to ask you this too, bro. 
Like, you've been around the game, and you just mentioned a bunch of players that you've been with, been against, and been working with as a hitting and a hitting coach. What 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 excites you about this every single day? Obviously, you're in there with the uh, – you're still living that major league lifestyle. But other than that, being around these types of players, how much fun does this bring you? It's a lot of fun, man. It's always fun to try to help help other people, and I've always been that way. You know, I was like that when we played together in Norwich, and I'm I'm always trying to look out for my teammates, and and I always still do that now as a coach. Um, It's not just about myself. It's about the 13 other hitters that we have, and even some pitchers sometimes try to pick my brain of, you know, ask me to read swings on other hitters from them. So I'm always, like, trying to help help others, and um, most of the goal, man, is to try to win a championship. I've been – I've been close a couple of times. I've played in the World Series, but I never won one. So my ultimate goal is to um, to do that, but also just keep helping these guys no matter, you know, if it's on or off the field, just trying to help guys be better. Hey, Marcus, I want to ask you a question about Shohei. What is the most underrated part of his game? Because I think it may be his speed. It, what is it, in your opinion? His speed. Like, the dude, like, he, he flies. Like, he could go play receiver right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, NFL, like I'm, he's six foot five, six five, six six, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds, and he runs like a freaking deer. Like the other day, he hit a triple the other night in L.A., and it was like he was just floating. And I'm sitting there. I told, reached, I uh, looked over at Nevin. I was like, "Holy crap, man! This dude is like he's unreal." Like everybody throws out the unicorn. That's what he is because it's 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 just different. But like his speed is un, it's like really, really, it's. It's up there with some of the best guys in the sport. Wow. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about it because people really don't understand how unique he is and what we are seeing from him every single night. Every year in and year out, you're seeing something new from this guy, and he just continues to get better and better, whether it's on the mound or if it's at the plate. <laughs> it's so unique that we're like, this is a throwback to the throwbacks of all throwbacks. I tell guys, yeah, I tell guys man, I'm like, He's like that best player on these travel ball teams that are doing it now. He's he's striking out ten and hitting two homers with four ribbies. And like <laughs> you don't do that at the major league level. Like it's just it's unheard of. Like wow. people talk about Babe Ruth. I didn't get to see him, but I'm getting to see the real guy right now. <laughs> right, right. That's what it's all about right there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this story real quick, Marcus, before we let you go, because Marcus was one of the first people when I got to uh to Norwich to come up and open arms and have a little bit of fun. And then my boy Tyrone showed up, and, and Tyrone is coming up on his anniversary of the home run cycle that he hit. Uh, but Marcus saved me one time Uh-oh. In, in Norwich right before a game. I was having a dispute, and I was ready to go nuclear oh, on the man. middle of the field. And he kept telling me, this is not where you want this to happen at. This is not where – and I'm supposed to be the one trying to teach him about being a pro, being a pro and Marcus is coming to me and like, say, dog, I know you're ready to go left, but this is not the right place to do it. And, and, and I've always told him, I was like, man, you, I, you saved me so much on that day because your boy was at – I was at wit's end. I was at my wit's end. And uh, I wanted to tell you this too. Mark Marizzi lives here, and we talk re- regularly. He lives here in Austin, Texas, and he's an athletic oh, director. Wow. Yeah, small, small world, bro, small world. And I told him that you were going to be on. He told me to tell you what's up. That what's up, man. But, no, I appreciate it, man. And, no, I appreciate all the things that you and Horns used to sit me down and talk to me about. I still use it to this day. And um, I never forget p- people that helped me. And, um, 
it was an honor, man, for you to call me and ask me to be on the show, and it's been it's been cool. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. We try to keep it real. Rod's a former NFL player, so we understand what it's like when when people are always on the go and have a lot of things that are going on. So no we we appreciate you taking the for time. Sure. That's when I look. I was like, All Star Break is coming up. Let me reach out to Marcus Vacation. and see if he's going to be on vacay. <laughs> I don't want him to be taking up all your time. I want you to enjoy it because you don't get a lot of time off. So when you do get that time off, I want you to enjoy it. So we appreciate you, and we will definitely uh, be in touch for real because I'm, I'm I still got to see this show hey in person. So when y'all come to H Town, you know I'm coming through for sure. Yeah, let me yeah, let me know, man. And if yeah, it's been great, man. I appreciate everything, brother. No All problem. Right. Thanks, Marcus. There he is, Marcus Timms, uh batting coach for the Anaheim or uh, Los Angeles Angels, wow. who gets to see Shohei, Mike Trout, and everybody in the big leagues on a day in and day off okay, day in basis. So break down for the people how rare it is that he doesn't do the BP at like how rare is that? Bro, when he said that, you saw me look at you like what? He don't even go out to the field because it's all about the atmosphere, right? You right? got to go yeah. out there. You get the feel for it. It's like you going out in pregame. Yeah, of course. You're running around. Yeah, you're yeah. getting the feel of the grass. You're doing everything. And my man's not even taking BP on the field. That's, that's wild. And going out and doing that against major league players? Like, he's doing soft toss in T. For those that don't understand, obviously everybody knows what T work is. But soft toss is just someone flipping you a ball. Like you would do your little kid. Yeah, you're you're doing a regular little practice (laughs) and say, hey, let me see how far you can hit this. And that's what he's doing and then going out there (laughs) and destroying. I mean, that's got to ruin people's confidence. I just, yeah. I mean. Speaking of Shohei, the, the lineup comes out. He's batting second tomorrow. In the uh, home run, I mean, not home run, but in the all-star game. Uh, Marcus Simeon going to Mar- be first? Yeah, Simeon is going to be the leadoff hitter. And they give yeah. him Corey Seager and Josh Young. Corey Seager will bat uh, cleanup. Josh Young will bat eighth. And John- Jonah Heim is going to bat ninth and start a catcher. They got five starters in the – by the way, Texas Rangers have five yeah. starters yeah. in there. Uh, no, that's the Texas Rangers. Like I said, they they deserve to have a break. Yeah, because uh, based on what they did, they're getting a lot of love in the All Star game as well. They should. Yeah. Also, I want to ask him, and we didn't have time. To, I want to ask him about who he thought was going to win the home run derby tonight. Oh, uh, you know what? Pick. I'll text him. I'll huh? text him right after this and ask yeah. him who he thinks. Um, yeah, I want to get his thoughts on who he thought was going to win the home run derby yep. tonight. We'll we'll actually make our predictions on who we think is yep. going to win the home run derby tonight too. Uh, at least Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't uh, think he's going to win. No. And I, I know Rangers think. fans <laughs> are probably hoping, but, please don't go up there and try to hit the ball all out of the stadium. We need you to be ready to play because we need a new run. But you got to hit it out to get them the special gold yeah. balls, right? That the, the plus. Yeah, you get the, no doubt. They, hit you the, they hit the 450 plus, I think it is, or something like that. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's, right. that's right. That's there's right. A, there's a distance bonus. The distance bonus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I. Yeah, I will see. Did they? Uh, the format hasn't changed from the home run derby, right? No. Since they, they last well, they it. switched it to where you're going up against a, yes, a person. You're not, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. not like all the way down. It's basically and all a bracket that. format yep. now, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. it's a bracket format. Uh, okay, so we'll talk more about that. But thanks to uh, uh, Marcus for coming on, uh, Harge. Thanks for Harge for opening up the contact list once again and getting some of them nuggets about 
two of the best baseball players on the planet. Two of the best baseball Man, players. That is a, yeah, I mean, how long has he been with the Angels? This is his first year That's with them. Wow. Yeah. He was with the Marlins last year. He was with the Yankees for a while. He's also been uh with a couple other teams. He'd been in the minor leagues for a little bit. Yeah. So he's he's still in the game and giving back. And we really did need him a couple times because he was he was he he came in through the Yankees organization. Okay. So when I got to the Yankees organization, I needed someone because the Yankees run things totally different than any other organization. I bet. They make you shave. You can't have facial hair. You have to wear your uniform a certain way. You have to present a certain way. So he was giving us. Yeah, it's yeah. the brand. Because hmm. the brand going to be there. Yeah. You're you you going to be gone. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, I, I didn't realize that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So he said he's got Pete Alonzo as his go. pick, and he says Mookie is his sleeper. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah Mookie Best versus Vla- yep. Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. That's going to be probably – that might be the best bracket. Yep. That's going to be a doggone good bracket. You have Lewis Robert Jr. versus um, Adley Rushman. Rushman. Yep. yep, the catcher uh, from the Orioles. Pete Alonzo versus Julio Rodriguez. That's a two and a seven. The uh, Lewis, Ro- uh, Lewis Robert Jr. is a one and an eight. Uh, Mookie Betts and Vlad, Vlad Jr. Uh, is a three and a six. Mm-hmm. And the Adelis Garcia and Randy – uh, a Rosarina. Oh, he's a yeah. He's, he's a crazy. Stud, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's been a stud. So that's a four versus a five. Yeah. So those are your brackets for the home run derby. All right, we come back. Thanks to Marcus for coming on. That was a great uh, conversation. And thanks to Harge for opening up the contact list. We come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side. Uh, a lot of stories in off the record. So we'll have kind of a smorgasbord. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One of four nine the horn. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break my head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, guys, apparently the uh, Chiefs, one of their uh, super fans, you guys know the uh, Chiefsaholic? Yeah. He's the guy that yeah. wears like the yeah. werewolf costume in the stands. Apparently this guy has been evading authorities for months. He's been on the run. Like that guy, the Chiefsaholic, the unofficial mascot, I should say. Xavier Michael Babudar, a 28-year-old individual, is facing charges of bank theft and transporting stolen property mm-hmm. across state lines. Court documents revealed um, that he was accused of robbing the Tulsa Teachers Federal Credit Union on December 16th. Man, right before Christmas. I guess times yeah. get hard. After being released on bond February 2023, he removed his ankle monitor in late March, and he's been on the run. Yeah. Ever since. Um, Until now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) According to the affidavit, uh, uh, he's alleged to have laundered the proceeds from the robberies through local casinos and bank accounts. What? The method of money laundering enabled him to conceal the illicit origins of the funds. He is scheduled to appear in federal court in Sacramento, California, later on Monday. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean. At least he went out with a bang. He was finally arrested, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but he was on the run for a while. But he's, yeah. How many yeah. Chiefs game can you buy tickets for by robbing a bank? Well, uh, he was trying to get so he probably needed to pay for the tickets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought he would have, yeah, I mean, I thought he'd had sponsorship or something by now. He's been there, he's been doing that for a while, hasn't he? No, sir. No. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sure he That's has. That's expensive. But it, yeah, but he's only 28, so how, I mean, it can't be that long. Unless his family's gra- grandfathered in, like his but yeah, family but he tickets. Ain't, yeah, he ain't, he ain't crazy. Yeah. He, he yeah. wasn't a little wolf for a while, and they're bigger. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they got like a wolf. Show the progression of him and everything. <laughs> oh, man, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he's not the only mascot. The Patriots mascot got in trouble once. Do you guys remember the Patriots mascot getting in trouble? No. Oh, yeah. yeah the Patriots mascot, I don't, I don't think it was bank robbery. It was maybe something else. I Maybe it was like some other type of illegal activity. It was mm. way back in the day, though. Okay. So I'm not throwing out there every Patriots mascot, but it was a Patriots mascot also. Got some trouble back in the day. Um, okay, another story here. Uh, and I don't know if you guys, you guys probably heard about this. Remember Larry Nasser? Yeah, I do. The guy that the creep, was the creep unfortunately. squad, the creep squad. Uh, <laughs> yes, the Michigan State, uh, you know, yeah. pedophile who has basically been a sexual abuser, mm-hmm. who was disgraced, uh, convicted of sexually abusing female gymnasts. Um, he was stabbed during an altercation in yeah. prison. He was in uh, the penitentiary, the U.S. penitentiary in Coleman, in U.S. penitentiary Coleman in Florida. And he was stabbed. A source who first learned about the attack on Sunday evening confirmed to ESPN that Nasser was taken to the hospital after suffering multiple stab wounds. Two people familiar with the incident, but not authorized to publicly discuss it, told AP that Nasser was in stable condition Monday after being stabbed in the back and chest. Mm-hmm. That's so. Yeah, they're they, they going to find you. He's I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. Nobody, you know. He sentenced to 60 years. Mm-hmm. Well, 60 consecutive, right? Like, I mean, it yes, was. Yes, uh, he was considered in 2017, he was sentenced to 60 years in prison on child pornography charges. In 2018, he was sentenced to an additional 40 to 175 years in prison okay. for sexually assaulting gymnasts, including uh, some Olympic medalists. And in February 2018, he received an additional 40 to 125 years on top of that mm-hmm. in Michigan State Prison after pleading guilty to an additional three counts of sexual assault. In Michigan, so yeah, I'm not adding all that, but yes, in in jail for that's life. what I thought. I thought yes. he was never gonna see the no, light of he, day, and he does not deserve to see the light of day. Yeah, there okay. you go. That's what I thought. Mm. I thought he was gonna be one of those guys that is like, uh oh. Oh, and for the record, the NCAA did decide that those charges were not necessarily NCAA violations. Just so you know, even though it happened only Michigan State. Like, how campus. is that not? Because crimes against humanity are not necessarily NCAA violations. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's true. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like when you break it down, you're like, that's true. That is very true. But that just is because, how you come up. Yeah, with those just because you've committed yeah. a crime against nature that we all agree is, uh, you know, disgusting, deplorable, and abominable does not necessarily mean you committed an NCAA violation. Well, yeah, they realize. <laughs> That's Baylor. Hey, nah. man, if you live in a glass house, don't throw rocks <laughs> is, uh, is the NCAA motto. Hey, man, we are we are not any chance to say we're on the moral high ground here, so we can't tell you morally what you can do. <laughs> yes, Even exactly. though we all know it's wrong, we all know what we're doing is wrong, too. Dude. So uh, we're just going to be quiet in the back here. Yeah, North Carolina yeah. had a – they had a – Academic fraud, basically a scandal that lasted almost two decades with fake classes 
included in this scandal. And the NCAA investigated and said, yeah, we know you created fake classes. Yeah. But that is not necessarily an NCAA That's violation. That's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making, I wish I was making this up. I'm not. It sounds like a, a comedy bit. It's not. Yeah. That's how that's how ridiculous the NCAA is. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then a small school does something and they're like, all right, NCAA violation. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get out of here. What are you? You're not in North Carolina basketball? All right, you guys get out of here. Dude, who got a free meal? Des Bryant got a free meal. Des Bryant, get the hell out of here. Yeah, you can't do that. You went with Deion Sanders? <laughs> you got a free meal? What'd you get? You got A1 Wait, sauce you, on there? Yeah, exactly. You got a steak? You're Chicken supposed to get high. What'd you get? Mashed Brown Wait, gravy? Yeah. Wait, NCAA <laughs> violation. You cannot get brown gravy. You got to get white gravy every time. Has, has this program been giving out free lunches? Exactly. <laughs> lunches to hungry students? <laughs> the whole society will collapse exactly. if these students are allowed to receive free lunches. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't even. I don't even want to be here anymore. Free oh. lunches. I. I can't even. It is. It's disgusting. Oh, how do you sleep at night? Exactly. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> that is the NCAA in a nutshell. Anyway, so there you go. Larry Nassar in the state. I don't think anybody feels bad for Larry oh, not Nassar, at all. and you should not as not well. Uh, okay, we come back. We'll get into Texas basketball. Well, actually, we got uh, Texas baseball, Texas basketball, and Texas football. So we'll go through all the three big major sports on the 40 acres. Go behind the burn orange curtain. Texas baseball did hire Troy Tula Whiskey. Give Hart some props. I would say, what's today? Today is, what, the 10th? 10th. Almost two weeks ago. I did. I did. Close to two weeks ago, ago. Harge predicted that yeah. Troy Tulowitzki would be back in some form or fashion. Well, Harge was right because he is back in some form or fashion. <laughs> we'll discuss that on the other side. And we'll talk about uh, Coach Pierce deciding that nobody, none of y'all out there, are is worthy of being his pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Only he is worthy of Come being on now. his own damn pitching coach. We'll talk about that, too. Texas basketball getting another commitment. Xavier Worthy reportedly looking better than he's ever looked. Ever looked. On the 40 acres. Uh-oh. Y'all better be ready. X gonna give it to you. Oh, well, we're coming back right here on Bardo. I want to put down the horn.